Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, hi everyone. Welcome along to another episode of Oh What A Night Podcast. I don't know why, as someone hosting the podcast this time around, I was shocked that it started. So apologies for that absolute horrendous (laughs) false start. Uh, On the pod today, Hunter Godson, Jude Sunfield and Shawnee Walsh. You join us off the back of uh, uh, another wonderful victory Spurs. It's just getting a bit silly now, the amount of goals that we are scoring and the way in which we're getting to enjoy watching our team play. Um, for those of you that watch or, or kind of listen to any 90 min content, you'll know that we have uh, a podcast called The Promised Land, which is hosted by Scott Saunders. And I'm sort of rather happily gloating about the fact that I feel a total connection with this team at the moment and what they're doing and how he feels the polar opposite with Man United. So to help me kind of soak every last drop of that up, um, let's start with you, Jude. How are you, mate? And how did you enjoy the game this weekend? Oh, I'm yeah, I'm good, man. Um, really enjoyed Saturday night's game. It's like, well, you mentioned United there. I mean, I can't believe that that's happening to them, given it's Manchester United. But I'm watching us thinking, this is Tottenham Hotspur, you know? This is how it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, oh, just, mate, uh, totally. Yeah, it was, it was a bit of an odd one, because, you know, 4-0, probably not totally reflective of the game. We'll get into it, but so many lovely goals scored. Everything clicking at the moment, so yeah. Very, very good. Hunter Godson, another dreamy uh, after... Well, so that, this one was a different, slightly different for us, wasn't it? Being the late game on a Saturday, usually we're slumming it 4.30 on a Sunday, whereas this was lovely. Got to watch everyone else around us lose and then straight mm. in with a 4-0 win. Yeah, it was, it was very nice. Um, I'm, I quite like late kickoff, uh, just because it's not late enough to feel like a massive occasion, but you do sort of know where the lay of the land is. Um, so yeah, and you know, it's always nice uh, when Arsenal have sort of bottled it massively about two hours before. It gives it, even though it, obviously it felt like the pressure was sort of on. It also meant that it felt like we had a bit of wiggle room if it all went sort of all went horribly wrong. Which for about thirty minutes, I was like, oh no, they're going to do the thing where they they bottle it when it's like when the chips are down. But this is a, a new look Spurs now. How panicked were you, Sean? Uh, fairly for about, you know, 20, 30 minutes, you know. I think the early goal definitely changed the way that the first half was played. You know, you kind of, you bring that pressure onto yourselves and, you know, you expect Aston to have some chances. I didn't expect us to get absolutely battered for, you know, the 40 minutes that followed Son's opener. But mm. I'm sure we'll come on to it. I thought we responded perfectly, brilliantly. Let's let's kind of just do overall takes then before we get stuck into good, bad, ugly, beautiful. What's what's kind of people's overriding feeling on the game on the whole? So thirty minutes of a bit of a storm to weather, but then really, I don't know about you guys. I just felt like the moment that we scored that second goal, the game was cooked. Like I, I sort of didn't really think that we were gonna got to look back from there. It's quite strange to you because I don't think you would say that of Spurs sides of the past. Even actually Spurs sides at the beginning under Conte. 
Yeah. Um, well, what was nice about that first half is actually showed that this team actually has a fair bit of grit and resilience to them now. I mean, you can't really compensate for Danny Ings missing sitter after sitter at the back post. Um, so maybe if one of those had, had, had gone in, uh, it might have been a very different afternoon. But yeah, like you say, as soon as that second goal went in, um, brilliant goal as well from from Kulu. I think all sort of threat or danger from Villa had sort of dissipated. And um, it was just about picking the right moments to go in and increase that scoreline. And um, they did it brilliantly. And it's so awesome. Because I, I thought we were going to have one of those seasons where we teetered between positive and negative goal difference. Like, I don't, like 14 15, that was the, that was the classic because we've been like 2 1 and then going to get dipped by City like 40 on the next week. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, we're up to like 19 and we scored 40 goals in all comps this year. So it's, um, it's, it's just an absolute joy to it. It's, it's ridiculous, really. Like, the way that Kulu's settled in and is just easily one of the best players in the league right now. It's, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> Goal difference looks great now, doesn't it as well? Yeah, yeah, we got ten on Arsenal and West Ham, and that's like an extra point in itself now. So mm. that's really really important. Yeah, that, that it's, it's been a pretty mad last six, hasn't it? Just in terms of how free flowing we've looked in attack, so it feels like we've turned that corner and just got into that next sort of uh, phase of the Conte development plan. You know, when we would go in that win-loss, 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 it felt like any team that sat deep against us, we really struggled. Now it feels like we kind of score goals from anywhere, Hunter. It's wicked, isn't it? Well, yeah, especially, like, I think the thing that really a lot of fans felt very enthused about on, on Saturday was the um, was the variation that Spurs sort of came up with in the second half to sort of... Because, obviously, they struggled with playing out in the first half. So, the, I mean, the second goal and then the third goal are of the same ilk. It's just like, Conte's clearly gone, look, Harry Kane is better at getting to the ball before these centre-backs. We can we can skip the midfield. And that that sort of goal, we haven't seen Spurs sort of, we haven't seen Spurs sort of do that. Use, use, use Harry Kane purely as that sort of focus point that you can just flick off of. And I mean, he's, you know, the way that he can be as effective and not scoring a game now is, is scary and, and he's coming good at, at that at the right time as is Son like the, the fact that both of them are hitting this kind of form this late on in the season is so so brilliant for Spurs and honestly I, I feel spoiled especially when you look around and Arsenal failing to score as many as they like and United just don't look like they're going to score any goals West Ham struggling to score goals and we're there just like slapping people about five <laughs> four <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's great and yeah it's 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 uh it's one of those things where every now and then I have to be like yeah just really enjoy it enjoy it now because it's almost getting a little bit spoiled. Mm. Yeah, it, this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen like as a Spurs fan, Sean. Like, I'm sure you've you, you're very much in that space where it's like right, gotta sort of live in the moment and just enjoy watching that front three, for example, clicking in the way that they are. Yeah, 100%, because, you know, we're still... It, top four's not done yet, as much as we want it to be done. It's not done yet. Um, we've been in positions like this before and thrown it away, and I think it's kind of living in the minds of people, particularly because um, when we have, in the past, thrown away the top four, it's been because Arsenal have been the ones chasing us. So there's obviously comparisons there. So it is now just about 
living in this moment and being able to appreciate that we've got these three just unbelievable forwards who are just purring all together. And I do think it's really, this is going to sound like really simple and reductive, but I do think it's a measure of how good we are compared to Arsenal, United, West Ham, that we are not just winning these games, but we're blowing teams away. Like even when Arsenal went on their run through like the winter and the spring, where they looked like top four was theirs to lose. They weren't like blowing teams away. It was usually victories by the odd goal or two goals at max. Like they were playing some nice football, but they weren't, they didn't have this edge to them. They didn't make you think that every time they went forward that they were going to score. Whereas you look at, I think, I'm assuming like everyone's seen, if not the in the highlights of the Liverpool City game yesterday, but that kind of showed Liverpool in particular that as long as you have these players, who can score goals at any time, who can make chances out of nothing, you're always going to be able to hang in a game. And I think that's a really important quality for us to really cling on to in this race and, and be the season. Yeah, I mean, that, is, that was particularly prevalent yesterday. Do you know what? Let's, let's, um, let's go in with the good bits because I feel like the more that we talk about this, the more we're just going to start picking out brilliant performances and <laughs> stealing all our gunpowder. So let's start with the good stuff. Um, we'll save... Sonny for the beautiful because I think he's got a, a section to be done on his own because I've seen so much over the last six weeks about well if Son's not scoring what does he actually do and I know Sean you've got stats <laughs> for the days that will back up mm. the, the fact that Sonny actually has got a, a brilliant record um, let's just let's start if, if I may forgive me for sort of getting on like sort of steering this one um, I really 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 want to talk about the back three because I feel like it's one of those things that um you only will notice it when one of them are out, but the synergy that they have between the three of them now and the way in which they seem to be totally in sync has just been so, so good to watch. And it feels like we're in that, that spot, Jude, where it's like the, the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts almost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so much more cohesive than it was during the uh, early months of Conte. And um, to be honest, I just think it's, it's a lot of it's down to those three playing together much more regularly now. Like the, the first month or so we had, uh, you know, Jaffet playing there or Davinson Sanchez. And it seemed like you know, they're being chopped and changed quite frequently. And the positions I'd say you, you don't really want to touch week to week are probably the centre-back positions because you want everything to be nice and, and clear at the back there and for them each to have their own specific roles. Um, and I think we're seeing that now in that it's all... They all, they all click together very well, but they're each doing this little different things, aren't they? You've got Romero on the right, who's charging out like a madman and like crunching anyone in, who sort of comes into his radius. Um, not like not like the Villa players on Saturday, though. That was a little... <laughs> they were a little OTT. Oh, um, do that in a but then, my words. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit over the top. Um, and then Eric Dyer is just sort of that quarterback at, at the back, you know, picking up the ball and starting attacks. And then there's Gentle Ben on the left who, uh, you know, gets forward every now and again. Um, but it's just, I think he's he he had a really, like, vocal performance. Like, like every time the, the screen was on him, he seemed to be shouting at his teammates and, like, organising, which was, was really awesome to see. Um, the yeah, back three was just... I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy they stood up to that Villa pressure because, like you say, in previous years, one of those goals goes in, like the Ramsey shot goes in or something. Or, yeah. But yeah. 
I'm really glad that we got a clean sheet as well. Yeah, we had the chance at the end, didn't they? Where Lloris put his only error of the game. He kind of gave the ball away and they nearly scored. Mm. But I'm really glad that they they walked away with a clean sheet and then kind of like the feeling they must have had to go back to the dressing room being like, we've just withstood all that and we kept a clean sheet. We didn't exceed any goals today. That must feel, that must be like really kind of good for a defender to have that sensation. Can anyone remember the last time that we had a defender like Romero that was that snappy? Because, I mean, we had the Tongan and, and Alderweireld who who were actually a little bit more elegant, I think. And even though they weren't afraid to get physical, but they definitely didn't have that sort of almost like that. He's almost like a... I'm trying to think what the... the the comparison would be, but it's almost like the way like a crocodile snaps. It's like literally you just see him into a challenge and then bang, just like he's crunching people out of nowhere. Like and with such ferocity in the challenges. Like at some point, I think we'll we'll, we'll all be aware that at some point one will go wrong and we'll see Cootie mm-hmm. sort of trudging towards <laughs> the tunnel for an early bath. But at the moment, it just feels like. People are petrified of him. I, I can't, I don't know, Hunter, can you think of anyone else that we've had in the last 10, 15 years that sort of <laughs> that has that about them? In, in centre-back terms, no. And I don't, I think that people love to sort of say, say Toby and Jan. I don't think they're anything even similar to this guy. Completely, completely different defenders in their approach. Toby, were, I'd say, was better at it. But even so, they're both of them like to sort of sit off and then pick their moment. Romero's not sitting off anyone. I think the only player who actually reminds me of what Romero does is someone like Wilson Palacios, who just used to absolutely fly and <laughs> <laughs> um, just take whatever he could. But like honestly, that Spurs haven't had a centre back like this that I can remember who was effective. I guess like obviously mm. you can have defenders who are rash, but like. The, He's so effective in doing it. He wins nine times out of ten. He wins the ball, or he he pushes the man completely away from goal or, or away from danger. So he's incredibly unique. And honestly, I I, I still have to pinch myself sometimes when I'm watching him because I just think he just looks. Although we've come good, he just looks like a level above still. He just looks brilliant. So it's I'm, I'm, and he's saying he's loving life at Tottenham. So it's brilliant to hear and. Things that, yeah, you know, all the right noises going into a really important sort of seven games and, and also a really important summer for Spurs. So, yeah, loving him. Oh, the mm. pass as well. The, when you the see pass the angle, as well. The pass oh, into Kane. Because that's yeah. exactly what Conte said, right? Let's be honest. Conte's gone out and said, right, look, miss the midfield. We keep trying to play out. We keep getting caught. Skip the midfield out. Let's go direct to Kane. And then... That pass, as good as the flick is on from Kane, it's perfect head height. He doesn't have to move. He doesn't have to shift weight. It's coming straight towards him. All he has to do, and all he has to do, is just flick it on. But because it's Harry Kane, he looks at Son's run, and he goes, right, I'll flick it this way. <laughs> um, but yeah, the ball is the, perfect. The look he is has, what makes it, that. isn't it? The look it's is what look, is it? Yeah. Look, yeah. The look is what Romero, though, he, he makes... Passing looks so easy, so simple. He and he never, ever, ever seems to make the wrong pass. Like, even if it's just like a nice curled crossfield ball, you can bet your you can bet your house. Davinson Sanchez isn't making that pass like nine out of ten times. So it's given us a completely different dimension. Him and Dyer and Davis, just, 
it's just working at the moment. Uh, and I just remember coming on here so many times during Jose Mourinho's reign uh, and just talk. we talk about the centre-backs. And it's almost like there's nothing to say at the moment. It's all just sort of everyone's doing their job and it's so refreshing. Yeah, do you know what? I Thinking back now, you said that. It's almost like when we were playing under Mourinho that he was finding a way to ensure that that first half an hour of the game went on for 90 minutes. We were asking so much of that yeah. defensive unit. Like Son and Kane still did the same stuff. We'd still see them get a goal or two like that. But you were asking that defensive unit to withstand that sort of pressure for 90 minutes. And eventually, inevitably, one of those free kicks that Villa got sort of a year and a half ago would have caused a goal. There would have been a goal from a set piece or there would have been a lapse in concentration. It just feels like at the moment, it's, it's sort of like you have those little periods of the game and then within half an hour, we scored twice or scored a goal that seems just not the stuffing out of, out of teams. Um, we, we'll, we will do, because we'll do Sunny for the Beautiful, let's like, just, is there any other good performances that we need to flag? I feel like Decky is one we've, we've got to talk about because he just... Just his confidence at the moment is so, so good to watch, isn't it, Shawnee? I couldn't believe when he found the net for the second goal. I was I was assumed that Mings was just kind of like shepherding him away from goal. And then the way that he finished it, it's, a cr- it's kind of cross between... It's like Bale's technique with how he shoots because he's left-footed, just that kind of aesthetic to it. But the way it hits the very inside of the net was like the way that Kane finds the net, like the place that's mm. so the hardest for, for you to reach. Um, I just couldn't believe I was like, just couldn't believe it. And then just so well for the fourth goal, I think, when he runs up the touchline. Mm-hmm. And that reminded me a lot of, do you remember when we played Villa, I think it was Boxing Day 2010, in the 2010-11 season, and uh, Defoe got sent off like, early on. And we had a counter-attack goal where Bale runs the length of the pitch with the ball on the right, cuts it back for Lennon and he just kind of lays it off Van der Vaart. It reminded me a lot of that bail run, which for a guy who like who looks quite clunky and slow, for him to be that deceptively quick is really, really handy. And he, he didn't mm-hmm. panic with when he got to the touchline either. Mm-hmm. No, he sat There's down. No, he him, does, even before that though, when, when the ball comes into him around Spurs' area and he takes a touch and he shields it off from, from I can't, I'm not sure, I think it might be McGinn. Sort of, or it's Ramsey and he cuts it back to the fullback. Then out of nowhere, he goes all the way, you know, it then goes into Kane, Kane to Son, and then you just see him, as as Sean said, making that run straight through the middle. Got the wheels to go up there and the energy to go up there. And then he sits Tyrone Mings down, who, I mean, look, I, he's not a good enough centre-back, so that's my view on that. But uh, <laughs> he sits him down and plays, lays it off to something. They're, they're making it look really simple, but there's a lot, as, as I think lots of Spurs fans have pointed out, you can see that the, the players now understand the, uh, the systems and the patterns of play and everyone is moving within each other now. I actually said, so I was watching it with a couple of mates. Uh, one of them was a Chelsea fan. I was like, this performance reminds me of Chelsea under Conte where they weren't playing, at, at, at times it wasn't always amazing, but they were just battering teams. And that's at the moment, Spurs are so brilliant in that final third. That, you know, that first half, as Sean said, a couple of months ago, 
even that, we would have been two or three nil down. And it just feels like that confidence is almost shielding the ball from going in the goal. Like, um, it's, everyone sort of believes in what's happening. So, yeah, it, he, he's just been coming and, and completed what was already a very, very good front line. Um, we, we ha- goals and assists. Oh, man, what a joy at the moment. Like we, do, we do have to flip onto the bad stuff, unfortunately. And I don't know how many Spurs fans six months ago to a year ago would have believed that we were doing this on this pod, such as the, the way that things were moving at the club. But Matt Doherty, I feel so dreadful for that guy. He finally gets to run the team starting to show the version I'm sure of him that he that he wanted to be as a Spurs player playing in his preferred position then playing out of position and still doing incredibly well and then just as you think it's all kind of coming together I'd I'm not blaming Matty Cash for putting in a, a big thumping challenge but just to me it felt a little bit unnecessary felt a little bit like you sort of, we get it, you're going to crunch the ball, but it's so unfortunate for, for Doherty because sometimes you get up from them and you're absolutely fine. And times like this, unfortunately, means you're going to be out for the next two months. But um, I, I think what's really interesting, Hunter, is that he's done enough now that most Spurs fans are probably looking at those wing-back positions and saying, we're going to be without our best wing-back for the rest of the season. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a great tweet that said um, Spurs have just lost their best left wing back and right wing back in one in one foul tweet, so, <laughs> which is probably true. And and I, you know, I think it's not it shouldn't come as a massive shock to us that Matt Doherty's a very good wing back and that he's not a, he's not a brilliant full back, and it's the other, other way around. But it's, I think, and I think this might be controversial, but I think the level that Emerson set has made Doherty look even better than than he's actually been playing, to, to be quite honest with you. Um, I thought he's been brilliant. But I think that's what that's what we know he, he was capable of. In terms of the tackle, in real time, I didn't think it was that bad. When you slow it down, which the Premier League loved to do, and put it into slow-mo and freeze-frame it and what whatnot, I did think when you look at where the actual tackle makes, he's in off at his knee. And he's lucky that he hasn't come off the ground because his foot almost leaves the ground. Because if it does, it's, you can guarantee they're looking at VAR for that. Um, it's a real shout. I feel really bad for him because he's worked his fucking socks off to get the Spurs fans on side. And, you know, he did that Q&A the other day where he was sort of saying, what do you mind being called? I can't remember. What's the, what's the, what's he being? The, the something cafe. Yeah, Irish cafe, something like that. The Irish cafe, or something like that. And he said it's a lot better than what they were calling six months ago, but it's true. (laughs) And and it's all down to him uh, working really hard. So it's a it's a stinker. I didn't like. I thought Villa were really quite heavy handed. A lot of tackles in that first half yesterday, and then the Ashley Young one on Harry Kane as well, which for me is red card. I just think it's. Mm -hmm. I think it's a bit of. I don't like the idea of someone trying to hurt. I don't know if that's what Ashley Young was trying to do, but I don't like the idea of bringing on players just to sort of hatchet job we're a bit past that in football now um, especially because they've played together they know each other um, mm. yeah all, all of it, it's just really, it's, yeah, it's quite upsetting and and just from a footballing perspective it's a shame have, that being said I think Emerson's actually performed quite well in the last couple of games by his standards I'm mean, going to have to put that little you know uh, asterisk there um, and Regulon and Cessna are, are back 
as of this week, right? They're both fit, so mm-hmm. they're both on the bench. Yeah. Luckily, Spurs have got cover. It is just a shame that for Doherty and for Spurs fans that we, we won't get to see him for a, a while. Mm-hmm. I, I will. I'll add in the ugly then. There, I, I think it's really. I think what you said is spot on, Hunter. In terms of the the Ashley Young challenge, like seems like an an incredibly good pro. Seems like someone that's kind of managed to stay in this level of the game. Just won the league with with Inter. You know, stayed at this mm-hmm. level of the game for, for so so long. And sometimes he'll probably argue that you have to make those challenges. I'd argue that at four nil. Lumping someone like that is is reckless, but also quite dangerous. And I'm, I find it bizarre that we don't put a stop to that from a rules point of view. That we don't say well, we just lashing. So go on. We were, we were warned a couple of weeks ago when Arsenal went there, weren't they? That um, when Saka was getting a lot of heavy yeah. treatment, and you know, Gerard, I think Gerard said after it's like it's like part of part of the game. If you've got you've got to be better than that. If you're a player with that technique, you're going to get hit harder. I think we kind of just dismissed like Arsenal fans' protests as like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, Arsenal fans have been about wrestle seasons. So I didn't really think much of it. Now you see it like that, how aggressive Villa were, and not in like a sporting sense, in a just we're going to hack you just to really kind of get under you kind of way. Like, it felt like Don Revy's Leeds kind of way that they were doing it. And I don't think it's less of the law, but for me, the challenges that like what Matty Cash put in where it's like the scissor challenges. Those, for me, those are like the real, true potential leg breakers. Those, for me, should be red cards. Because I don't think I've ever think, seen a scissor challenge like that where the player hasn't come off horribly. I think Tyron mm. has got quite lucky again as well. Mm, yeah. Uh, another tackle he got, where he, he did one a while ago, and I can't remember who it was on, and it was horrendous. He went straight through them with the arc. Obviously, he won the ball, but it's the, you can't pretend like he's not six foot five, big guy who's going full pelt into your leg. Like... It's all well and good being like, I got the ball, but it's like, yeah, but you did snap mm. the guy in half. So. And it, he also, yeah, put, he also that, isn't there? Yeah, there is. He also there pushed is, yeah. Emerson into Lloris as well. From a, like a, he did, yeah, uh, I saw that. I think like high ball corner, he's like, and just shoves him for no reason. It's just like, all right, you got to well, yeah. be like that. Well, it would have been good if there was some control from the referee as well. Like, mm. because that first sort of 15, 20 minutes, especially, was just. Like it was so chaotic, and there were just needless challenges flying all over the place. And it is—it's just like a trademark of Steven Gerrard teams. Like mm. they did it all over the place um, during their Europa League run, I think, under him, when it was just like, right, we'll just go and crunch people, and that's how we'll make the game a bit more of a even playing field. Um, I mean, the things he said about Saka the other week were a bit odd because it's like, uh, I think we can probably have a better future regarding player welfare than setting them up to have bolts in their knees for the rest of their life. I mean, tiny yeah. changing, surely. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, the idea is like, well, you're really good, so therefore we can kick you. It's like, yeah, that's not it's how it works. I don't want to set this precedent as well where it's like some some players, some teams are allowed to get away with it because that's how they play. It's like McTominay going around kicking lumps out of people. It's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> but he should be sent off. And, for, for me, it's the same. Like We can't set this thing where Gerald says, oh, that's how the game's supposed to be. And people go, yeah, that's how the game's supposed to be. By all means, it's supposed to be a physical game, but you can't just you can't just injure the opposition because that's how we play. Um, so, yeah, Let me, interesting one. I, I wanna... On the flip side of that, I thought Jacob Ramsey was unbelievable. He's a good, like, good player. Yeah, really, really yeah. look. Like, that first half, he was brilliant. And, yeah. 
Do can I just ask a question now? Do you think because this was raised at me when I said that I think Ashley Young should have walked to that challenge on Kane? Um, someone said to me, "You're saying that because it was on Harry Kane and you're hyper defensive of him." Do you think that's the case, or do you think it is actually if you if that was any player, we'd be saying this? Well, was it, who was it? Was it Jacques who got sent off for one of these a couple of years ago? Yeah, someone yeah. passed him, and he just really cynically hacked him down. And the ref took into account that those those sort of ones that can look quite innocuous, but they're the ones that you can end up catching someone on the knee and really doing some some damage. Sonny got red for it, didn't he? Yeah, well, exactly. It's about Gomez. Gomez ended up breaking his leg. Well, exactly. You can you can end up really damaging people, and and it's that thing of. One, it's cynical. Yes, that's the yellow card. But two, really, what we should be taking into account there is it is in danger in opposition. So that could be a red card for me, it, because it was. I think I, I knew that Harry was fine. The ta- but the tackle, I didn't. As soon as he did it, I was like, that could be a red card. Like, there's no. And I think if it's a different player, different situation, it is a red card. So, yeah, I think you got lucky there. I'll, I'll be honest. Let's just quickly then just. Uh, but actually, do you know what? One thing I will add into that, how nice that we've got a player like Romero that when it gets ugly like that, you think, yeah, probably give it straight back. And literally within <laughs> five minutes, he had... He was, he was going straight here. after Coutinho and Louise throughout, wasn't he? He, knew, he knows yeah, where he was. Coutinho. Was he God, was he absolutely salivating. <laughs> <laughs> he was licking his <laughs> lips at the thought of crunching like, his next- support. If he sees Matty Cash out on the street, he's just going to two foot. (laughs) (laughs) The the thing is, Coutinho was playing really well. Coutinho was was getting into Mm -hmm. these pockets and really starting to look quite threatening. And you sort of thought, uh, like, perhaps that physicality was what was needed just in order to stop him ghosting into areas that were that were where he was looking so dangerous. Totally agree with you as well, Hunter. I thought Ramsey was a joy, and I think Mm. that he really suffered. From the fact that the entire stadium seemed the, the energy seemed to be siphoned out of it as soon as because FC scored, like the energy in the whole stadium just went. And just it's not from the Spurs, really. that is it? Like, I, like, I feel like I've watched loads of teams over the years just play quite badly and score, and you sort of go, oh, "That's annoying" because Villa have been brilliant here. And I, I don't know, it felt I, that's why I said it felt like Conte's Chelsea, where they didn't always play very well, but then the score lines were always so massively in their favour that you sort of. <laughs> Forgot and what Spurs, you know, getting that second goal out of absolutely nothing, it just sucked mm. the life out of them. It sucked the energy out of the, out of the stadium. Like you said, you could feel the Villa players' legs became. That third goal obviously is, is the, the bullet, but after that, Spurs didn't have to work very hard to sort of keep them at arm's length, and that's where the patterns are, are so 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 important because that's where yeah. Villa will press and you just sort of play around them and you're out. Mm. You're right. It's if if it's one nil or two nil, then it's probably. And I think it's gone about after like. Then maybe yeah, there is a bit. There's a bit of fortune to it that you were at, like sitting in and using this kind of how close the game was to get away with it. But four goals that is a lot of goals. So mm. I, think, I think it's very hard to win four nil and for it to not really be like, like that deserved. I think we definitely deserved it in spite of how bad the first half was. For sure. Yeah, Sean Morph going full peep show there with his four nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, let's let's go on to uh, let's go on to the the beautiful bits. I mean, there's so many to choose from, but um, 
the, uh, we we have to. I'll let Sean. I'll let you have first dibs on this one because I remember we talked about Son <laughs> and how much he brings to the team. About two to three years ago, we we were talking about this. I mean, it genuinely would have been three years ago, right? That we that you you did the article where you were talking about his stats. Two years ago, yeah, two years ago, yeah, yeah. yeah and and it, it hasn't shown any signs of of slowing up or letting up. So I don't understand when we get into these points where maybe he has one game that's bad or two games that's bad that like people are not even bad because he still makes all the runs, but maybe where he doesn't score and people just sort of, it's really strange how people lose it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I think in those in the two years that have passed, he has gone to another level as a goal scorer. Like before it was like maybe one every two one every two or anything like that. I think now it's we're getting better than that, a better rate for sure. Um, and you're right, you get a lot of stick where it's like, oh, he's quite streaky, he's a purple patch player, and it's just like, okay, whatever, All right, I'm done here. Um, but, you know, now, I'm wondering if this is a conscious uh, move from Conte. I know you said the other day how he wants like another like, like playmate style so that he doesn't have to run on Kane dropping deep. I do wonder if he's wondering the best way to utilise this front three is for Kane to do a bit more of the creating because we have Son who is just now one of the best forwards in Europe. Full stop. The, I think someone, there was a stat the other day like if you're into like um, XG and all that sort of stuff, it was like in the last five or six years or whatever the own, like Son's finishing rate, he's like overperforming his XG by like 44% or something, which is like, that's double the second best and the second best is Lionel Messi. So it's like, you know, if enough for those numbers say that Messi's the best finisher, but the only one better than his son, then I'm inclined to believe them. That's <laughs> 17 open play goals a season for him now in the Prem. More, two more than Salah, who's closest. Three behind in total in the race for the golden boot. It's not out of his sight, you know. We've got some... Not, all. not, not, e- not easy fixtures, obviously, but like fixtures where you would back him to score a few more and you know I think him winning the golden boot would be really that'd be really special for us to have two golden boot winners in this team just to yeah, you know obviously obviously like you know the, the, all the trophy stuff all that whatever so, but to have been in through a generation <laughs> where Spurs have had this much attacking talent that that's that's proper Spurs like the mm. beautiful side of the game I hear that any, any addition there Jude? Yeah, I'd say it's like Sean said. It's it's nice that um, well, it, it seems like Son is like the guy they're trying to create space for now to like for him to be able to get shots off. We've got Kane, who obviously loves doing his playmaking, and long may it continue. And Kulu, who sort of lives off their energy as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's awesome that he's um, he's he's smashing goals away now. And like, it, it, he, I don't think he was ever going to stop having these sort of returns. That's the thing. Like, I think maybe longest stretch without a goal this season might have been four games or something like that which isn't really it's not that bad it's not ideal but then um you know if you if you've got the numbers like 17 goals in the league which i think is like tied with his best performance in a premier league campaign already so you know it's a chance to hit 20 and go on for that golden boot um but yeah can i talk about like his third goal can you just talk about how aesthetically pleasing that was? Oh, just mate. Because there's something about like a, a right-footed shot curling outwards onto the post and then going in, which just, 
I don't know. It's just so much more like aesthetically pleasing to me. Like I'd rather if if a goal like smacks off the crossbar, that's always been up there as well. There's something like the mm. precision with which it's curled outwards after such a lovely bit of play as well um, mm. down the right from Kulu. Yeah, that was that was lovely. One hundred emoji. I, I, had, I had this really funny moment. I sort of it's very rare that I will sit and watch the football with my my missus. Um, but she decided that she wanted to join in this one and watch a bit of Spurs playing. And she, for whatever reason, she seems to take great joy in saying when Spurs are playing badly or when Spurs are like, not performing very well. <laughs> and at 3 and 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 0, like she was like, Yeah, but they're not doing that well, are they? Like, they don't have any of the ball. And I was like, just just wait a second. I'll explain to you why this is actually working in our favour. Because we'll get the ball back in a second. And then the three of them will line up in such a way that one will pass to the other. We'll break down one side, cross it across, and the other one will score. And then about 15 seconds later, that happened. And I look like this football genius. And so I'm kind of hoping that she never watches a game of football again with me. Yeah. So she thinks like he just knows it that well. Like he has he just has this this mystic meg quality when it comes to football. Mm. Of course, no, absolutely nothing like everyone else. But it was really nice that they do have this kind of almost it's 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 reached a point now. I remember it was Hugo Lloris that said it maybe three or four weeks ago. He's like, you have no idea how much we're doing in terms of patterns of play over and mm. over and over and over. And it's almost like you can just watch it play out. It's so lovely that you just see in these predetermined, pre like preordained moves that in real time just play out. I mean, we saw it against City, right? When, when Kane dropped in, ball gets blasted into him and he plays the ball around the corner for Son. But it almost feels like now that we've got four or five different ways of getting at teams. And even if you think that you're blocking one off, so even if you go, right, okay, we're going to snap into Ben Tanker so that he can't play through the middle, like you said earlier on, Hunter, like, okay, we'll just go a little bit long. Or we'll whip that mm. ball down the line for Kulazewski to get onto. And he's so good at the moment that we're going to get at you one way or another. Like you said, I'm, I'm getting a bit carried away, but it's just so nice to watch Spurs in this kind of fashion and just be like, this is just going to be good fun. Sitting just down for a it, thing, it's just going to be fun. And I, I, I love that Bar maybe left back, right, right back. It's all sorted now. For just for now, it's just like, yep, that's the starting eleven. The two central fielders, fine, whatever. You know, Ollie Skip, who arguably before January was our best player this season, like outside of obviously the big, the obvious two. Um, and even then, he was performing when Kane wasn't performing and Son wasn't massively performing. He's not been around. He's not been around for a couple of months now, and we're not. It'd be amazing to have him back, but really, it's depth at that point because I don't. I think Hoybier, I've given Hoybier shit over the years, and I think there is, to a certain extent, a, a ceiling with Hoybier when you play him against truly world class central midfielders, or just even brilliant central midfielders. Um, but he has been so good. So consistent next to Bentoncourt, who do have, who does have a little bit more of a a freedom. That for now, you you don't unsettle this team for me. Like unless something happens, you don't unsettle this team. So that's really that's just lovely. That like I I didn't even have to check the the team yesterday. You just know I wasn't worried. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So good. Do you know what, Jude? You can have the last word, seeing as it's the Jude Summerfield derby. Actually, no, it's that Hunter Godson and Jude Summerfield derby this weekend. It's supposed to be Brighton, 12.30 kickoff. Um, anything for us to be concerned about at the moment? Do we need to kind of get into to panic mode? Or should we just ride the wave? Um, I think we should still ride the wave. I think Brighton have done their weird result um, winning at Arsenal recently. So I think yeah. we can take that sort of out of the equation for now. Um, I th- hopefully they'll go back to their usual um, standard of blasting every shot into an OZ. XG um, Johnny's. Yeah, mm. and uh, hope yeah. Hopefully those two goals. Well, great goals to score at Arsenal, of course. But hopefully they, they... don't score the same against us. But yeah, if they could rest and Wepu again, like put him back in the box for another six yeah. months or whatever. <laughs> like, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'd, I'd say Potter is tinkering at the moment. He's pottering. Um, <laughs> with the squad He's, because they were on such a stinking run so it, it was actually quite a weird Brian team that went out against Arsenal and I will say this I actually think it was Arsenal being dreadful for 70 minutes then realising they were 2-0 down um, I don't think Brighton were that good I think you know the first goal is has a massive slice of luck because it's just a big clearance that lands right into oh, it's a hoof. Uh, it's a hoof. right into his path yeah and and Xhaka's caught too far up the pitch the midfield's too far away from the defenders and Trossard makes a really good run the second goal is just what a hit son like absolutely <laughs> oh. um, but but Arsenal should have equalised and they scored a goal. And those last, those last 20 minutes, they were dreadful before that. And they still should have... It should have been 2 all, really. Um, so, I'm confident. What I will say is Spurs are in amazing form. Brighton like to play. So, that they, they didn't at the Emirates. And I don't know if they were at the weekend, but they, they might have to come out and play a little bit more against Spurs. And um, that's where we've been getting a lot of joy. Well, that is where we'll leave it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much to all those of you who have subscribed. Um, you can check out all the guys on social as well. Their links, are, their, sorry, their handles are in the description. We'll be back next week after hopefully Spurs have got rid of, you know, on the form guide, there's just one X in there at the moment. So hopefully mm-hmm. it's a clean bill of just green ticks next week and Spurs are a cruise control in the race for the top four. We'll see you all next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from Ad Force. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.